So we do shrooms, and then nothing happens for about an hour. So we were getting a little mad that it wasn't working, so we turn on this movie with Al Pacino and Christopher Walken. It's a new movie, so just know they already look scary. <laughs> Ryan goes, yo, is Al Pacino orange? And I'm scrolling and I looked up and he was, but it didn't bother me. I went back on my phone. I was like, yeah, he is. Really bothered Ryan, because now Ryan was hiding under his Snuggie, shaking. And he said, yo, bro, call me when this is over. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pacino Pod. I'm Callie and I'm here with my beautiful friend Jane. We're here to talk to you about Stand Up Guys, which came out in 2012. 2012, yeah. Oh, and we're in a new location now. This is the first. I love when we change locations. I always have to point it out, even though it doesn't doesn't really you can't it doesn't matter to you. You can't see either way. But like, there's different eras of the podcast. You know, it's like the beginning. You know, this is liberated Cali. Era. Liberated Cali era. Uh, yeah, it's like we were at the apartment and we were on laptops and we're back at the apartment and now we're at a new apartment and it's and it's still Callie's apartment <laughs> yes I moved I live in the north part of town now it's right by the train tracks so there might be trains so any any train fans out there yeah give a little choo-choo uh what we're make we'll make it a, dr a drinking drink every time you hear a train on our show from now on and tweet us how many how many times you, how many shots you take maybe that guy have you seen that guy on tiktok who's just like a train spotter like he's like loves yeah yeah i love that guy that, like fish islands yeah he's gonna like become a fan of the podcast just for all the like yeah and then he can he can endorse it and then he can try and figure out what each type of train it is by the, by sound, the sound that yeah, it makes yeah. so that's it's, it's a it's a little fun a little how fun. hard it shakes my house how hard yes it's a fun little activity for you all and the, and also and we incorporate it into the show so that kelly doesn't have to do as much work editing <laughs> it out <laughs> so <laughs> i will do some of it because i don't know if this is like a particular like big uh import time in our town where they're like they're getting a lot of coal or some shit <laughs> so maybe it'll happen too much in our 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 listeners will get too drunk <laughs> then they, they'll get too they'll get so drunk um before they even get to the point where we start actually talking about the movie <laughs> <laughs> so it's all for the best <laughs> i am um, we got some interesting films coming up that's that's what i will say so you liked stand-up guys though i liked it i mean it's not a very substantial movie i i mean I watched it a while ago. Will it, did it stick in my head very much after I watched it? No. Do I ever me think? Neither. Do I ever think about it? And no. Did it have any impact on my life? No. Uh, I think about <laughs> Alan Harkin in this. He movie. was. He's really good and he's funny in it. Um, but uh, while it's on, I, I I didn't mind it. You know, I liked. This is a movie that features Christopher Walken, um, Al Pacino, and Alan Arkin as a bunch of old ex cons who are uh, getting together again to do one last job, kind of, sort of. It's, it's a, That's kind of what it is. But Yeah, Walken is supposed to, to hit Val, Al Pacino's character, but he's, like, pushing it as far as he can so that they can have one last night together because he, like, loves him. And he just got out of prison. Yeah, he was in prison for, like, the plot is kind of dumb. <laughs> he, was in, he was in prison for, like, 28 years, and the guy, like, for... Kill, what he killed 
the son of the boss or something and he took the robber i couldn't i didn't really get what he yeah. did to piss that guy <laughs> off but apparently like he wanted al to like serve his entire prison sentence and then get sh- killed by his best friend on the day and he has some hold over walking yeah oh because of his granddaughter right. yeah like walking is like doesn't really have a relationship with his granddaughter, but what he does is he goes to the cafe that she works at every day and, like... He's her regular. He's her regular. But the boss figured it out and, like, holds that over his... He's like, I'm gonna take your granddaughter out if you don't kill Pacino. So. And then, also, they bust Alan Arkin, their buddy, out of his, like, nursing home. And he has emphysema and, like, he's on oxygen and he takes, like one last hit he says as he like puffs on it before they leave and then at one point in the movie they leave him in the car to go do something and he dies yeah he dies but he gets to have like one he was like their driver or something and he like gets to one last joyride there was a lot of jokes about like oh these cars got push buttons to start now (laughs) it's just such an old man movie also i'm just not interested in movies where pacino wears an ill-fitting suit he does wear an ill-fitting suit in this, which is funny because your um, your uh, pinned tweet is Pacino in an ill-fitting suit. <laughs> he, he is playing a character who would have an ill-fitting suit. True, true. Uh, he plays Shelby in like the stage production of Glengarry Glen Ross, and that's my pinned tweet. Is him looking upset. Which, speaking of, if you're very interested in hearing us talk about it um well one you can just listen to the episode we already did but we were recently on a lemon lemon party done by a good our good friends uh trevor and valerie they're doing the uh films of jack lemon for december lemon lemon slim simber (laughs) um so they brought us on to talk about glenn gary again so if you're interested in hearing that um and their perspective on the film I would suggest donating to their Patreon so you can hear it. <laughs> they say cunt a lot. We do, actually. Um, we don't normally. You know, we're a clean podcast, <laughs> according to Apple. <laughs> yeah, it's like all ages. It's like, oh, God, no. Uh, don't <laughs> ever. about ass eating. Like, please don't, te- pl- please don't tell Apple that I accidentally set us to clean because we're not a clean podcast by any means. Uh, you don't can't listen if you're like little if you're under the <laughs> if you are under the age of 18 don't listen to our podcast um and that's not because we don't want you it's just because you're too little yeah this is an adult show um we talk about grown-up things <laughs> please turn it off now <laughs> speaking of adult things this movie has a lot of that um it's gross it's very like gross they go to a uh, a brothel several times yeah. um including once to get once to get owl laid he can't do it so he goes to get they break into a pharmacy to get viagra and he takes it like all at once like an idiot <laughs> um and um yeah there's the train first first shot take a shot take a shot his his dick is a is a is a topic of conversation a lot in this film, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he you know he and they also get Alan Arkin's character to the brothel to have sex with a uh, with a uh, with her too, and he has a big dick. That's uh, that's yeah, apparently he, he has such a big dick that they want him to stay and fuck him again. 
They want the women at the brothel, including the uh, head, really want to fuck Alan Arkin again because he had a threesome and he had a big dick. So this is a made does these are like half the movie right here. I mean, this is literally half. You know, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, why did I like this movie? <laughs> There's like a certain genre of post-age 50 Pacino movies where he's just your dirty old uncle. God, that happens to all of them, right? Like, I mean, Robert De Niro does the same thing. Bob De Niro. Um, Dustin Hoffman, I don't Has he had no... I don't think he's... He mostly does, like... I mean, he's not... Yeah, he doesn't really play, like, perverts. (laughs) I mean, he'll he'll play grumpy old... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, he'll he'll play grumpy old men, but he hasn't really played, um, like... Like the way, the same way that like he hasn't done a dirty grandpa film. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Things things we liked. I thought the granddaughter storyline was sweet. The Christopher Walken like, you know, obviously he's like estranged from his family because of his past, and he's like been like a bad guy or whatever. But he's like trying to have this connection with her. I liked that as like a plot point. And it did make sense why this man would have uh, a reason to, like, do whatever he could to keep her safe. Bill Burr was in this, by the Bill way. Bill Burr always <laughs> plays a cop. No, he wasn't a cop. He, he, was, a, a he cop. was a goon. He was the oh. he was the goon. They uh, beat him up in the suit store, remember? At the very... Right. He's like, you guys are suit shopping! Why are you suit shopping? <laughs> You're supposed to be killing it! Why are you suit shopping? <laughs> That that's my Bill Burr impression. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that one on the on the road with me. I'm gonna, Shit. I'm gonna <laughs> But only Bill Burr from Stand Up Guys, a movie that everyone has seen and will know exactly what I'm talking yes, about. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna do Bill Burr and King of Staten Island and I'm just gonna throw Pete Davidson in a pool. <laughs> Is that movie good? Did it's you right. like it? You know, I, I made a tweet the other day where I was like is Pete Davidson actually funny? Because <laughs> because all I know about him is he just dates people. But I've never seen like I mean I've seen him on yeah. SNL. Yeah. But I've never seen his like weekend update stuff. Yeah, but I was just like he's just Pete Davidson though. Yeah, I, think I don't that, really like, like I can't think of it. Sometimes they just let people be them. Like John Mulaney used to have spots, but he was never a cast member. It is strange that Pete yeah, Davidson well, is like a cast member and kind but of. But what's like, it like? The joke is that he's Pete Davidson. That's like the joke, which I don't find that funny. Honestly, <laughs> my opinion is like I think he is like funny and charismatic and stuff. But I also think that he's gonna like forever be New York City's baby boy because his dad died in 9-11. So I think what I meant is just that his like potential I think is seen so much He's the king of Staten Island! So much clearer because he has this like other thing that makes him notable. Uh And so like I think that that's why Lorne Michaels was like you, you know um, when maybe he wouldn't have been so notable but I still think that he like is funny and stuff like I've seen him in interviews and stuff and he made me laugh and King of Staten Island does have some like good parts only thing I've seen him in outside of SNL is for some reason he played the manager of Motley Crue in that Netflix Motley Crue film which is really bad by the way it's a really stupid film I don't I don't know why I watched it either but uh, he's in it and like his thing is he's just like man Motley Crue sure is cool oh yeah uh, Vince Neil slept with my girlfriend. <laughs> Motley Crue sure is cool. Like that was his that was his whole character. So I'm just like, I don't get it, but it's okay. It's fun. Maybe he's not for me. Maybe 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 he'll have a role one day where I'll just be like, that's it, Pete Davidson. 
you're an actor now. <laughs> uh, I mean, there is some like range in King of Staten Island. I would say cool. he, like cries. Maybe shit. I'll walk. Yeah, he cries. <laughs> you think? You think? Uh, you think? There's he... a really funny part where he's trying to fuck this girl and he like can't come because he's on antidepressants oh. and he just like. Keeps, Have we've all been there, right? Like <laughs> being kind of like he's like starting to get bored. <laughs> we've all been there, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was like you know. Kind That's of, relatable. Especially to, like, our generation. Like, yeah. I feel like I've heard so many people on Twitter being, like... He's a year younger than me. I thought he was, like, 34, but he's, like... No, yeah, he's, like, our age. Which is weird to me. Maybe it's because he's so tall. I just think that automatically means he's older. But, you know, P. Davidson, do you think he can hang with Al Pacino? Oh, yeah. I think they'd be friends. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, they... I feel like he's, like... Pacino's, like, totally willing to accept a weirdo like Jared Leto. Oh, which... Should we, can I, can we just do a little House of Gucci talk and then also we can save most of it? Because I, I still haven't seen it, so this isn't, this isn't a, an official House of Gucci episode, don't worry. Yeah, um, just a little prop, because like, we have, you've got trailers now, you've got reviews, our friends have seen it, I've seen it. House of Gucci tagged Callie in a lot of tweets to, to let, to let her know that it was coming out. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I was like, leave me alone. <laughs> it was Okay. There were, like, good parts. There were bad parts. <laughs> it's a Ridley Scott movie. <laughs> it's a Ridley Scott movie. Some of our friends have liked it. Some of them haven't. I, how was uh, Al's performance? I've heard I've heard some people, like, there's, really like there's a few people who are, like, Al Pacino is, like, really good at it, so. <laughs> no, yeah, he did a good job. I feel like his accent might be the better I mean, one, he... which is very, whoa, big words. That's, um, that's also, like, rare to say that Pacino doing an accent is the best because most of the time when we talk about him doing accents we're like we're like oh god why are you doing that (laughs) including the last episode salome where he's like salome (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i feel like you know he probably i think his parents are italian and Al, Alice, Al's Italian. But she well, knows yeah. an Italian name. Of course, but like he grew up in New York. Yeah, he But I just Bronx. mean like, I feel like he probably was around enough Italian. But so is like, up. so Lady Gaga's Italian too. Her, I feel like she sounded Russian. Maybe I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, Jared Leto absolutely sounded cartoonish. Jeremy Irons just sounded English. He always <laughs> just sounds English. And it, what's crazy is that Jared Leto plays jeremy iron's son in the movie he plays paolo gucci and so it's like his dad sounds like very refined and as if like maybe he's a little like he grew up in italy and then like went to school in london and moved there or something like yeah. you're like what, what what happened here and then like paolo gucci is like it's a me paolo like how could you do this to me papa papa my drawings like and it's like what, what did they are they from a different part of Italy? Like, I, I like explain it to me. I um, I had made a joke on after because Jared Leto had this interview that came out where he was like talking about like, oh, I you know I had marinara in my blood. I was injecting mozzarella to play this role, and I was and like I was like, yeah, you know, Jared Leto was trying to uh, use House of Gucci as an audition for Mario, and it still went to Chris Pratt. Because <laughs> yeah. that's kind of like gross of him. Chris Pratt didn't get, well, not in Kawasaguchi, surprisingly, um, but he, he, even though he's taken several Italian roles in the past year or so. <laughs> Is Jared Leto... Jared Leto's not Italian. Hmm. Yeah. No. No. He's not. Jared Leto's just Jared Leto. 
He's racist. What does that mean? He's the lead singer of 30 Seconds to Mars. Let us know, I guess, what you think of House of Gucci if you end up going and seeing it. This might be like a rare moment that you get to see an Al Pacino movie in theaters if you're around the same age as us. That's the only... Is this the only film that you've seen of him in theaters? I'm trying to think. I did see Once Upon no. a Time in Hollywood in theaters. I saw but... The Recruit in theaters. You actually saw that I in saw theaters? Jack and Jill in theaters. Oh, you did see Jack and Jill in theaters. So you've but seen I just mean, like, you know, he's getting yeah. old. Yeah, no, he doesn't have a ton of films left. Even though he does have, IMDb says that he has some in yeah. works right now, yeah. so. I believe in him. He's in good health. He should. Just doesn't need to fall down at award shows anymore. I think that that's another part I didn't like about this movie, uh, Stand Up Guys, is that it just reminded me too much that Pacino's getting old. And, like, it's obvious, of course. And this is, this movie is almost 10 years old at this point. No. <laughs> and it's like one of his compatriots dies, like, suddenly, you know, like, yeah. in this movie. It's just like, I don't know. There's a lot of these, like, old guys get together to do wacky things like red um, um going in style with uh morgan freeman and that, yeah. i think zach braff actually directed that surprisingly i think let me double check that i don't want to say zach braff directed a movie and he didn't direct it but um we I, don't want to give any credit to zach braff i try not fucking to deserve i try it. not to give zach braff credit at all ever um, <laughs> but i'm pretty sure natalie portman made garden state yes zach braff directed going in style <laughs> so yeah there was that that movie with de niro and like michael douglas and also morgan for morgan freeman's in all these fucking old guy movies called yeah. La- La- last vegas which i just called the, yeah. the hangover for old people <laughs> my dad liked that movie <laughs> yeah it's it's just like also like walken looks so old and Man, like his yeah. skin looks like papery but he's good in it that's the one thing i will yeah. the one thing i will say is that all three of the leads are very committed to their performances in this like you like christopher walken al pacino and alan arkin are all like they're good clearly giving like they're clearly like trying in the movie like mm-hmm. and like pacino and walken's relationship is very not like you, they have a lot of chemistry together yeah. which surprising that this is like i mean this isn't the first movie that they've been in together but this is the first movie where they've like actually shared screen time because they were both in Gigli, but they were not in the same scene together. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, so it's surprising to see them together since you know they are from the same generation. But it like, it almost makes me wish that like, there were bet more movies with them in it when they were younger and that are better than this because they they really do have chemistry <laughs> together. They probably knew each other back then because um, John Cazale and Christopher Walken. I mean, I'm like, I'm sure they were friends. It just like they just never happened to be in yeah. the same film. I just like put that together though. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, they probably knew. I don't know if he was ever that hot. I just think he of was, like he's always been kind of strange looking, creepy but... looking, but like arrest, like not creepy, like arresting is more of a way. Like I think of him like in the in the des- the dead zone. Where he has that like um, in the that movie from that Stephen King movie from the eighties where he's like he just like this is very intense he's yeah. always just very intense even in like he's always very intense even in films that he maybe shouldn't be like the Country Bears 
<laughs> or like Joe Dirt or whatever. The Country Bears is that the one with the like animatronic? Like, yes, he's the villain, and he's he's he plays the villain in the I Country just Bears. Saw an ad for that because I was watching an old movie, and I was like, oh, I forgot about the Country Bears, <laughs> and it like unlocked like a whole like memory, you know, like, yeah, being a kid and being like they're so cute. Like I like thought the bears were adorable. Ar- around then, that time, was- like Disney was making, and they're back to doing this again. But Disney was really trying to um, turn their, like, ride-only ride properties into films. Because, like, all around the same time, you had Country Bears, Pirates of the Caribbean, and The Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy, like, all coming out around the same time. And the only one that stuck was Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I'm pretty sure The Haunted Mansion and Country Bears both flopped. <laughs> but the, I liked Haunted Mansion. They remade it recently. I haven't watched it yet. Um, who was in it? Because Disney, for it was like a Disney Plus exclusive, and they redid Haunted Mansion. Oh, it was, it was Muppets Haunted Mansion, doy! They made it with the Muppets. <laughs> so there, yeah, there's a Muppets. There was a Muppet Haunted Mansion movie this year. Oh God! And there was also a Jungle Cruise movie with The Rock this year. Mm. So they're still doing it, but <laughs> I mean, have we talked about the random side plot of the woman in the trunk? No, we haven't. Yeah. We should probably mention that. <laughs> so they steal a car at some point, and it's like these guys that walk in knows and acknowledges to be like assholes. And after they go on police chase, right? Yeah, they take a joy. They take it on a joyride to break out Alan Arkin, and then he takes it. Um, and then he drives it, and like he's driving it like an idiot. Well, not yeah, like to get like the police. Like he he leads the police on a car chase. And it was like a big joy ride or whatever. Because he's like, he still got it. Yeah. <laughs> and after they, they're done, they like hear something in the trunk or they go to look in the trunk and there's a woman in there and I think she's naked. Yep. And she's like been like kidnapped and like assaulted by like a group of men. Yeah. It just like takes a like. It like it, was this like kind of like fun comedy with like obviously like it's dark because you know Christopher Walken needs to kill Pacino and there's this like tension behind things. All of a sudden, there's like it, it goes rape. it goes from like Pacino being in the hospital with for taking too much Viagra and having like an erection yeah. that won't go down. Like you can see the erection in the hospital sheets. It's yeah, he's like all tented or whatever. To uh, it goes from that to like yeah to like sexual assault. And so there's, like, this detour where they help her find those guys and, like, make it so that she can, like, get her revenge. And they just kind of leave and, like, yeah. and then it's over. And it's just, like, okay, then. Like, I guess they were, I guess that's to show us that they, like. They have a conscience. They're not just these criminals that they, like. Like, sure, they don't play by the rules, but they have a moral compass, and, like, sometimes... So you should think these guys are good guys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, sometimes, like, doing, like, bad shit, like, is good. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, 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 you know, it's like, yeah, like, they may just, like, you know, break into a suit shop to steal some suits or whatever, but, you know, they helped a woman uh, beat the shit out of her abusers, so it's like... It, it evens out so <laughs> yeah, i mean i didn't like hate her performance or anything i just think like the way her character so like quickly is able to turn around from like this traumatic experience and mm-hmm. it's like within hours that she's like okay let's get him and like she doesn't get to like 
sleep or like yeah. I don't know. I was just like really okay. Um, it's very out of place in this film. Like you could yeah. take that whole subplot out of it, and it would like it wouldn't. Nothing would be lost from the movie. Yeah, I mean, we all kind of feel differently about like assault being in movies, but I just felt like it was kind of like. And they don't ever show. They don't show the assault. Yeah, no, no, like, no. It's just, not shown. It's just yeah. like talked about and yeah. like I don't know I just felt like it, it like, was and, and while of... they're talking about it at the restaurant like Alan Arkin is making like old man jokes or yeah. like about being old it's like what is the tone supposed to be here right now yeah <laughs> like it's just like really out of place and like you can tell that it's like who wrote this Noah Hadel he doesn't have a Wikipedia page <laughs> And this is produced all by men, starring all men. Pretty sure. Directed uh, by a man. It's there's just like there's three female characters and nurse, waitress, and um, sexual, sexual assault, assault victim. Survivor. And, <laughs> what the um, fuck? And the and the two other women happen to be related to, to Alan Arkin and Christopher Walken. If anyone's interested, this movie made a third of its budget back so i'm assuming most of the budget went to went to just the actors uh, <laughs> yeah just salary maybe it was directed by fisher stevens who is an actor and a and a director he was in short circuit but really the only thing i know him from is in friends he plays one of phoebe's boyfriends and he's like a psychiatrist and after they hang out with their friends each time he like diagnosis oh. them and she's like can you stop and he like can't like turn it off you know uh-huh. and he like oh like, i remember that i remember that episode yeah, yeah no, and he's I like dropping that. bombs yeah. on them like he like chandler like makes a joke and he's like so why don't you tell me why you have a bunch of like resentment towards your father yeah he's, he's like he's like he's like basically like yeah fucking up um everybody's relationship by psychoanalyzing them <laughs> yeah just like telling them things that they don't want to hear yet yeah. like it's like that you have to go to therapy therapy like, can't come to you and just tell you things yeah um, but honestly probably one of the better episodes and i'm not like a huge friends fan but but i remember that episode there's some good premises good. on that yeah. show where it's like um like relatable um i was actually like just uh talking to some but what might have been was it you or john you were talking to me about it about um, how like chandler's dad oh he's like yeah the trans woman art subplot yeah which i thought was like kind of cool that they like do that in the 90s and that like there's like the arc of like he has issues with it but then like his wife is like you're fucking stupid like she's your parent and like then they like invite her to the wedding and like start you know, treating yeah. her like she should be. Like a stuff. human being. Yeah, and it's, like, uh, pretty cool for the 90s. Like, I don't think that there's, like, anything else on at that point that was, like... Even addressing it? Probably not. Addressing it or being, like, you may not like it, but fucking uh, uh, deal with addressing it. Addressing it in any way more than, like, and not that, like, I'm sure, like, friends did use that as, like, a punchline at various times. I think it began but... that way, and then they, like got better or something yeah. like i don't know like what happened like no, i would love maybe, to know yeah. the writer's room talk yeah. about that you know be interesting i'm sure they didn't i'm sure they never had a single trans person on staff writing but yeah. <laughs> well i remember like some of the jokes that i like i watched it to go to sleep you know it's just like a yeah show. yeah i'm and, I, um, I, I have shows like that it's just yeah anything my mom watched in the 90s i'm like i can go to sleep to this because like yeah. 
And that was like my bedtime. I mean, around I'm, the time she was watching those. I do that with um, fucking Dragon Ball right now. Yeah. Um, it's just like shows that I was like I watched as a kid that have a lot of episodes that makes it easy to fall asleep to. Just like comfort shows, you know. It's like have yeah. that, yeah. And you like know the plot. You're not yeah, like anything. you don't have to be like I need to see what's happening next. Like you know what's gonna happen. You're just like okay. And then every once in a while. There will be a joke about Master Roshi being a fucking pedophile pervert to Bulma, and you're like, oh. okay, <laughs> yeah. I can see why they could, because like the version that they have up on the Funimation services, the complete uncut. It's like when it originally like, and this is like the this isn't even Dragon Ball Z. This is like the original original Dragon Ball uh, when Goku was a kid, and when it aired on TV, they cut all the like there was a there's a shit ton of sexual innuendos in these episodes. Yeah. They cut it all out for TV. Oh, I've been to watch Dragon uh, Ball, Jane. Oh, really? I'm sure you have. <laughs> um, but, like, there were, like, in the first couple episodes, it's like, in order to get the Dragon Ball from Master Roshi, Bulma has to fucking flash him. She's 16 in this spot, at, at the There's beginning of the series. She's 16, and, like, the joke was that, like, Goku stole her fucking underwear from her, um, because he, cause, and, and, and that it's more in it's cause Goku's like a child who had, like, he never had any interaction with like, he was confused. He's just confused about like a human anatomy. Yeah. Oh, I remember the part where he like, he's like yeah. patting her on yeah. the Yeah. And vagina. that's like, that's kind of fun. Like I like that. Like, oh, cause he was looking for her dragon balls. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> um, he's like, yeah, yeah there, there's like a whole joke about that. Cause he's like, Bulma, you don't have any balls. And she's like, where'd the balls go? Where'd the balls go? Cause she thinks he's talking about dragon balls. But, uh, but, but that, that. It leads to um, when she flashes him, she thinks she's still wearing underwear, but she's not. And uh, Master Ro- so it's like, yeah. And also like Oolong, who's the little pig guy. Like when they meet him, he's like kidnapped a bunch of girls in the town to like to be his like brides, and they're all like look like children, like uh, nine, ten years old, and you're just kind of like, what is this show? <laughs> and like it's and it's framed as like a. Like, like, oh, Master Roshi's a dirty old man, this is a bad thing. Oh, Oolong is a bad thing that he did that. But it's still, like, more for laughs than anything. Yeah. And it's just kind of like... Uh, I mean, I guess this was made in, like, 86 originally, but it's still like... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Friends has its its issues, for sure. Not not anywhere that bad, I would say. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's like, it's like you know, sometimes you go back and you watch these comfort shows and there's always things that are like, right. okay. <laughs> I kind of wonder if, like, at first, the whole, like, Chandler's mom is a cross-dresser, Chandler's mom is trans, like, storyline mm-hmm. was, like a play off of like Chandler's gay jokes and like this is yeah. why or something mm-hmm. because like he like did like femme things growing up because that's what his dad like took him or you know, yeah. like his parent took him to and I think he calls her mom like at Aww. one point and it's like very sweet but yeah of course that doesn't like come along until like Monica is like you're fucking like why are you like estranged from this person yeah. who was like there for you because like his stories he'll be like you don't know what it was like to have like your parent dresses like Dolly Parton and come to your baseball games to cheer you on or whatever. And yeah. she's like, well, at least, at least she, she was, was there. there. Yeah. Like at least, so she was at every game you say, like, you yeah. know, it's like somebody has to like point it out to him. But I do, that's also like kind of an interesting like story. Just like somebody like, yeah. Coming in terms when like, I don't know. Anyways, there's also like a lesbian couple throughout friends. I mean, from the very, that like, yeah, like Ross is, 
first wife divorces him because she comes out as a lesbian and then he's all homophobic to her girlfriend all the time yeah they have these really (laughs) weird like power struggles like throughout the show there's like one episode where they like they like bond and it's like really strange (laughs) i don't know but oh because fisher stevens wasn't friends yeah Yeah. so once again uh, in a classic pachito pod way (laughs) we come we we, did did have a connection to the fucking movie originally Episode. That's, uh, yeah. that's all. Fisher Stevens directed something recently with Justin Timberlake in it. God, what was it called? It's one of the... And I was talking to, to Callie about this before we started recording. Palmer. He directed Palmer starring Justin Timberlake. One of the films with a white man with a beard and a baseball cap on. There's like a trilogy of these films that came out this year. And I don't... I don't know why. Oh. Yeah. So, cause yeah, like you see, out Justin Timberlake, you know, he looks like a Trump voter. Um, <laughs> let me find uh, the Joe Bell film. The poster looks exactly the same. Once again, oh my God. with Mark Wahlberg, and then there is the Matt Damon one. Is he wearing a hat? He wears a hat, and guess what? He has a beard. Matt Damon. What the? F- it's not. It's Stillwater. It was Stillwater. It was like loosely based off the Amanda Knox story. Right. And she got mad about it, which for legitimate reasons uh-huh. yeah if i if, if i showed you th- all three of those posters they all look like the same fucking film anyway that's what i'm saying i know this isn't a visual podcast but it, imagine imagine what you would expect justin timberlake mark Wahlberg, or um matt damon to look like if they were like your average trump voter that's what that's what they look like <laughs> wearing a, a well-worn hat with a little scruffy beard they look like the working man they're the working man (laughs) (laughs) none of them are vaccinated like none of those characters yeah none of those characters are vaccinated they're all um probably very against mask mandates i would assume (laughs) well so that's that's fisher of stevens current film that he had it got released so if you want to watch palmer uh directed by fisher stevens starring justin timberlake it's on apple tv right now (laughs) oh my god an ad for palmer (laughs) (laughs) palmer please sponsor us fisher you owe us money we're trying to see see the synergy that we can bring to this podcast (laughs) um yes i did say synergy (laughs) (laughs) yeah he also directed um probably the most other the only other film that i would assume other people may have seen that he's done is um he directed this the climate change documentary that like Leonardo DiCaprio like did for National Geographic mm-hmm. where he like went all over the world and been like look this is what climate change is doing here look how bad it is look how bad it is here <laughs> like that was yeah so but yeah I just want a bunch of b-roll footage of how bad the world is <laughs> yeah that I want to look at right yeah, now. exactly yeah I mean that came out in 2016 so I'm sure it's worse now than it was then. <laughs> so th- that's what you come here for, right? <laughs> Climate change discussion. Um, you know what's nice? What? Pacino won't really have to see any of the consequences. Of yeah, you know, change. at night when if I'm having trouble falling asleep because I'm worried about where the world might be with climate change in the next ten years, I will, I will rest assured that Pacino will probably be dead before then. <laughs> so he's not going to have to deal with any of this. And you know, he probably wouldn't have had to deal with it anyways because he's very rich. And I would assume most rich people are probably going to be living on Elon Musk's Mars colony by 2046 or something so <laughs> did i send you that rant i found from like 
2012 about like Newt Gingrich and his moon colony like bullshit. No. I found this like <laughs> three page like thing because I I like fancied myself like you know like I wanted to write for a Weekend Update someday. Yeah. So I wrote this like huge rant about. <laughs> <laughs> that was your packet submission. You should still submit that. You should, next time the SNL packet submissions are open, you should submit your 2012 Newt Gingrich moon base. Be like, this is very, this is very topical. Yeah, God. It's so long. Like, I had so much to say about the moon. Maybe you were, we must have been very frustrated about it at that point. Because I I don't think we can update it. Isn't it usually like segments are usually like maybe like two to three minutes long i probably could have like said it all really fast (laughs) that was probably the delivery i was gonna give it It was just like i don't know like at one point like i think i'm like part of it was like from the perspective of newt gingrich and he's like talking about how he's gonna like be riding on the sea of tranquility Like, he, like, doesn't get it, really. Like, he's, like, um, thinks he can ride on the sea of tranquility in jet skis. Oh, my God. And it was, like, really ridiculous. I don't know. I found it recently when I was moving. You should, um, yeah, we should, uh, we I'll should film. We, Patreon. Yeah, we should, yeah, we should, uh, film Callie doing it as if she was on Weekend Update and we'll upload it. As if it. I was Newt Gingrich. As if you were Newt Gingrich. No. <laughs> yeah, do, yeah, like, um, for, for, if any SNL producers are listening right now, Callie's gonna do her Newt Gingrich impression. Go. I can't remember what he sounds like. <laughs> I don't know what he sounds like so either. Long. I'm Newt Gingrich. <laughs> I like the moon. I like the moon. I can't remember any of his other stances. I just remember him saying oh, he has that he here. wanted a moon colony by like 2026 or something like that. Yeah. And people were like, like a lot of the rant is like about how like, like why why would we try to solve any problems here on this earth where we have air and food and water? Let's go to the moon. Like it was. Yeah, just, I mean, it's the same thing that you could use to like argue about elon's fucking mars ideas too it's like i don't get like mars is even more mars is yeah he's they're like like elon Musk sat down watched the martian another mad damon film and was like whoa it doesn't go well it doesn't go well he he sort of survives kind of with yeah. I mean he uses he fucking science with the quote Reddit he fucking sciences the shit out of it man yeah that's gross potatoes yeah um, he fucking sciences the shit out of it I didn't like that movie it's all right another Ridley Scott film yeah <laughs> I guess that's one that I, what else do what else do we have to say about uh, Save of guys I don't know not really I mean I re- I liked it. I gave it a good review when it came when I when it came out. Yeah, I watched it in 2012 when it came out. No, I gave it a good review on Letterbox when I watched it, but I've kind of soured on it as we've talked talked a little I'm bit sorry. about it. It's okay. I it you know, a... Callie. Callie's usually the one that like has to tell me I'm to like now now Jane. Yeah, like let's like two bits is pretty good, Jane. Come on, let's let's bring it back a little bit. <laughs> I think sometimes I am. Like, yeah, a little too, like, optimistic, but, like, this movie, like, they just didn't do it for me. I couldn't, I couldn't get there even for this movie. Oh, there was one funny, really funny fucking thing that I, at the library I work at, we actually have this movie at the library um, that I work at to check out, and I was looking at the back of the DVD cover, 
the, the 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 big picture on the back that they use to promote the film is literally the last shot of the movie where like they're in like walking in Pacino yeah, or in suits. Yeah, they're Butch Cassidy and the Sundance yeah, Kid. Yeah, and it's like it it's like trying to trick you into thinking like this is how the movie's going to be where like Pacino and Walker are going to be in suits, fucking pew pew pew. pew pew pew. It's like no, no 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 no. Lots of dick jokes, dick jokes, <laughs> Viagra. Pacino Dick. That's what that's what you're getting in this film. I wish this was a visual podcast. <laughs> There's been a lot of good visual gags tonight. It's yeah. been sorry for those of you who don't get to be in the room with us. It's just Callie and her two cats and me who get to see this and they're asleep right now, so <laughs> they're not very good fans. <laughs> Oliver always comes in and interrupts while we're recording. That's true. Now he has no choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's what's next? Is it the humbling? No. John Cusack film. I think John Cusack also wrote. After Stand Up Guys, he put out We Are Not Animals. That's the next one. Mm. A Hollywood actor grows tired of making the same corporate movies, so he moves to Argentina to find more experimental and meaningful work. All right. It stars John Cusack as Tony Lovecraft. I took a South American film class from a... Argentine woman is it Argentinian? Argentine. Argentinian. She, she always said Argentine when she talked about like. Movies. I mean, it has an Argentinian director, Alejandro Agresetti oh. directs it. John Cusack's one of the writers on it. One of my favorite classes, Tamara Falakov. Look her up, read her book. She's cool. And uh, it's mostly Argentinian actors besides Cusack and Pacino's very brief part, but. So I mean, we may not have a ton of Pacino talk next week. But maybe we'll like it. Maybe we'll like it. It's John Cusack. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. After that, it's Phil Spector. Oh, cool. Yeah. I've heard that that's good. I have heard the opposite. Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, I guess I guess we'll find out. Um, that's what we're here for, is to watch Pacino movies so that you don't. Yeah, I mean, to. yeah. And we'll, we'll do that for you for this fucking John Cusack movie. Yeah, this movie that probably, um, that apparently is not even important enough to list on his Wikipedia page. So... <laughs> do you have any recommendations? What have you... What have oh, you what watching? have I been watching? Um, I have been watching Get Back, the Beatles documentary yeah. on Disney+, Plus, directed by Peter Jackson, the king of movies. Let's, let's give us, let's all give us a round of silence. A round of silence. For Peter Jackson. Okay. And uh, and you feel free to lengthen that silence out when you get to the editing. Because this is really important that we all pay our respects to Peter Jackson. I'm going to make it three minutes long. Make it three minutes long. He's given us so much. He's given us The Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit trilogy. Yeah. And King Kong. And now he's given us The Beatles. <laughs> In eight hours, and I've um, one and I am halfway through. I watched part one. Peter Jackson makes movies your boyfriend's gonna make you watch. He does because his previous project was like another really long ass documentary about World War One. So yep. <laughs> um, he, uh, it's really good though if you love if you love the Beatles if you love watching people um, write songs and uh, argue, it's good. Um, and there's a there's that witty Beatles banter in it the, the yeah. beetle banter um but uh it's good it's good i like it it um did i need to hear 30 different versions of don't let me down 
Probably not, but you know what? I I did enjoy it. So you even a fan of if the you Beatles? Don't hear I, I, all I'm, thirty versions? It, no, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, no, it's it's great. I recommend it. Um, I watched a show called Love Life on HBO, and I like blew through the first season, really liked it, and I'm like working on the second season. <laughs> William Jackson Harper. So he's on the cover of of the thing on HBO. I started the first season. He's not in the first season. It's Anna Kendrick. Um, but <laughs> I, I like Anna Kendrick, and I really like the first season. It like follows a person's love life, of course, mm-hmm. from like just all of their like important adult like interactions and connections with like romantic partners and there's like one episode about her mom and like her marriage and how like that shit got passed on to her yeah it's really really good um and i really liked it i was hoping that at the end that she was gonna meet chidi and then the second season was about it was gonna like start back over from like the same point and then be about him getting to her, but mm-hmm. it's not. <laughs> is it like a? Is it like a, like one of those shows where like each season is a, a different, completely different story? Yeah, like it'll be like seven months later, and like it'll be a different person that she's seeing. Or oh, it, but she it's still about her though. Yeah. It's still about oh, her. I thought you meant like. But each I season thought, is about a different person. Right, but so. I, I I thought you meant like. Like, the way that True Detective is, like, one oh. season and done, it's just, like, it was just her story, and now it's che- the guy who plays Chidi's yeah. story or whatever. So. Yeah, it is like that. Okay. You can follow us on Twitter at Pacino underscore pod. You can follow Jane at Static Blue Bat. You can follow me at Callie Bud. You can, you know, listen to us on anywhere podcasts can be found, really, like, what, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, I'm just others. I'm other sure ones. Uh, that if I'm. You have not, Android. There's uh, there's one know. on it. I know I uploaded it to an Android. The one that was ah. exclusively for Android. I don't remember what it's called, but I did. <laughs> we when, tried when we started over a year ago. Don't forget we have a Patreon. We have a Patreon. It's five dollars. Uh, five dollars for become a pal. You get you get a shout out. Shout out to our patrons Alex, Casey, and Matt who have been with us for quite a while now and. You are helping us pay for our hosting, and um, you also get exclusive access to two bonus episodes right now. They are for Goodfellas and Train Spotting, and um, there will be more on the way soon. You know, I think Callie has some ideas of other things that we can do for you. Yeah. So keep an eye on that, and, and uh, listen to also subscribe to Lemon Party so you can hear us on that podcast. You can hear us talk about Glengarry Glen Ross again. <laughs> Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Come back next week. We are animals. We are not animals. <laughs> Ryan gets on the couch. We're watching. We're about to watch the rest of this movie. The second we hit play, it's a scene where Al Pacino comes out from behind a corner and goes, hello. And we were like, fuck that. That's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. So we shut it off. It was horrifying. Seeing a 75-year-old orange person go, hello, was fucking terrifying. So now me and Ryan are both high on shrooms, uh, shirtless under our Snuggie, just shaking, holding each other.